today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. Two percent of Christians share their faith. So that means that as I'm doing the math and I'm not a math major, 98% of Christians are afraid to share. Why? Well, some people are afraid because they're afraid of the questions going to be asked back to them. That they don't have the answers to give. But there's nothing wrong with saying, you know what, I don't know the answer, can I get back with you? There's nothing wrong with that. To say, hey, I really don't know. Pastor Eric encourages us to not live in fear today. Fear prevents many Christians from doing God's will. Fear stops many Christians from sharing the gospel with others for fear of rejection or sounding silly. However, Jesus promises to be with us. Who or what then do we really have to fear? Let's join Pastor Eric in the book of James, chapter 2, verse 19, with today's study. Is our faith in Jesus Christ lived out in action? Is your heart where your mouth is at? Something to really think about. I mean, because we were just singing songs of praise to God. And we, we can say, Lord bless you. Yes, Jesus is the way. But is our hearts matching what our mouths are saying? Or is it just lip service? Are you putting those words into action? Guys, James, Jesus' brother, said this in his letter to believers, addressing Jewish believers, he said this. He, uh, before he said this, I'll tell you. He was talking to the believers that were Jews, right? And they received the gospel, faith in Jesus Christ. But the letter to the, the Jewish Christian in James was that they, they said, you know what? We believe in faith, so they're used to doing what? The works of the law. So they don't have to do the works of the law no more because they're saved by faith. They took faith to an extreme, saying, we believe, we don't have to do anything else. Okay? So James sends a, a letter to correct them, and he says to them, you believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. James 2.19. So then my question then is, is what, is the difference between, what is the difference between a Christian and a demon? Because right here in God's word, it tells us a demon believes that there is one true God, right? There's one living God. Okay? Now, there's a saying that David Guzik said. He's a pastor at Calvary Chapel, Santa Barbara, and he said, faith alone saves, but the faith that saves is not alone. It has good works with it. Guys, the demons believe in God, but they are not doing the good works of God. The difference between a Christian and a demon is what? A demon stops at the belief of God. A Christian, one who follows Christ, who is a disciple, who follows Jesus, a Christian believes in God and continues in the good works of God. So, what does that bring us to? Well, don't stop at the belief of God. Don't stop at the belief of God. Yes, you're saved by faith and not of your works. It is a gift of God. right? But with God comes good works. God is going to be doing the good works in and through you. 
okay? We're not talking about your salvation, but you're going to continue on to believe and continue in the good works of God. In fact, Paul said to the church in Ephesus, he said in Ephesians 2.10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, Gideon's good work that God prepared for him was what? To tear down the altar of Baal and to build an altar of sacrifice to the Lord, to restore worship in the land of Israel. That was God's work for Gideon, prepared before times that Gideon would walk in that good work to restore the worship. That's pretty awesome to think about, really, you know, I'm pretty blown away by, by God <laughs> preparing the good works for us to walk in. That's pretty sweet. So then my question is, is what is God asking you to do? What is God asking you to do? You personally, what is God asking you to do? Because again, God has prepared a good work for you to walk in. That should encourage you. Those who say, I can't be used by God, that's a lie. Because here in the Bible, as I read it, God has prepared a good work for you to walk in. That's awesome. That God has prepared a good work for us to walk in. Then the question is, is then, will you walk in it? Will you walk in it? Will you take the step of faith and do it? Because here Gideon, he's got five things he needs to do. He needs to forsake his own father to do what God had prepared him to do. Wow. And he did it, right? He did it. Well, what's the results of this? The results of him taking the step of faith come in verses 28 through 35. And when the men of the city arose early in the morning, there was the altar of Baal, torn down. And the wooden image that was beside it was cut down. And the second bull was being offered on the altar which had been built. Imagine their faces, you guys. Verse 29, so they said to one another, who has done this thing? And when they had inquired and asked, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, has done this thing. Then the men of the city said to Joash, bring out your son, that he may die, because he has torn down the altar of Baal, and because he has cut down the wooden image that was beside it. Verse 31, but Joash said to all who stood against him, would you plea for Baal? Would you save him? Let the one who plead for him be put to death by morning, if he is a god. Let him plead for himself, because his altar has been torn down. Verse 32, therefore on that day he called him Jerubbabel, saying, let Baal plead against him, because he has torn down his altar. Then all the Midianites and the Malachites and the people of the east gathered together and they crossed over and encamped in the valley of Jezreel. But the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Then he blew the trumpet and the Aborazites gathered behind him and he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh 
who also gathered behind him. He also sent messengers to Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali, and they came up to meet them. So here we see the result, really in verses 28 through 32. 28 through 32, here's the scene. The morning comes, Gideon is out there at night with his 10 buddies, his servants, and they cut down this altar, right? They're kicking the thing over, whatever they're doing, and they're taking their axes and breaking the the wooden images alongside of it. They're taking this thing out. Then they build up the altar for the Lord, and they cut the bull, kill him, and sacrifice him to the Lord, okay? Okay. So that's going on. And so then they go away. And then morning comes, early it says. And, and the guys wake up and they come out and they're looking at the altar. Hey, wait a minute. Who took down the altar of Baal? We're angry about this. You know, we're mad. You know, it's just, I can't get mad over that. But uh, what I'm like, woohoo, you know. You lost, you know, but... Anyways, they're out there, they're mad. They're so mad. They're going around to one another. They're saying, who's done this? Who did this work? Who tore down this altar? You know, and then there was a snitch in the group because they snitched out Gideon, right? Because somebody says, hey, it was Gideon, (laughs) you know? Gideon did it. The son of Joash has done this thing. So then the men of the city uh, came to Joash, and you guys remember who Joash is, right? It is Gideon's father, the dude that was in charge of this whole altar thing. And he said, bring out your son. Bring him out because he has demolished this altar. Bring him out because he needs to die. Now, these guys were angry if they're at the point of killing Gideon. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, they're ready to kill the guy. They're ready to kill him and take him out. He's done. Bring him out so we can kill him. Bring him out that he may die. And so then Joash responds and he says to them, what? Would you plead for Baal? Verse 31. Would you save him? Let the one who would plead for him be put to death by morning. If he is a god, let him plead for himself because his altar has been torn down. I I truly believe Joash was not an idiot, okay? He was saying to the people, if this is truly a God, this God will defend himself. He will defend him. What are you guys going to do? Why are you overstepping our God that we're worshiping? How dare you? You should be put to death. Because he is a God that we worship. He's going to defend himself. Maybe in a sense he was still sticking up for his kid But yet he was putting it back on them saying, hey, if Baal is a true God, he will defend himself. How dare you try to overstep Baal? So then, (laughs) you know, you see what happens. Well, we don't see what happens. Because it doesn't say if Baal came after Gideon or not. Well, I can tell you that Baal didn't come after Gideon because Baal is not real. He's a false god, little g. Guys, Joash brings up a good point, though. That if any god is a true god, then he will defend himself. And guess what? God, the living God, the Lord your God, I am, defends himself. God says in Deuteronomy, vengeance is mine. And recompense. Their foot shall slip in due time. 
For the day of their calamity is at hand, and these things to come hasten upon them. But this saying was stated in the New Testament. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So our God, the God that you worship, if you worship the one true living God, he defends himself. Not Baal. Baal didn't do nothing. He didn't do anything because he's nothing. He was nothing. Guys, the people waited for Baal to take action against Gideon, and nothing happened again because he was a phony. Baal was a phony, but God is not a phony. He is the one true God. And so here we see Gideon's work that he did for the Lord was what? Number one, it was dangerous, wasn't it? He was so afraid he did it by night. And, and, and by day, the people were ready to kill him. But he continued and he did the work that God had prepared for him. He walked through it and he did it. He was faithful in taking that step of faith. I mean, they wanted to kill him. But God was with Gideon just as he promised Gideon, didn't he? He says, hey, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of what? Valor. The Lord is with him. And sure enough, the Lord was with him and Gideon carried out the work. And I would say this, and I've experienced it by going into Honduras my first time, I was, I was afraid. I was, I was afraid, not as afraid as my mom was. She was really afraid. But there's that saying, and I'm sure you guys have heard it, there's no safer place to be but to be in the will of God. And so if God is calling you to do a work, you're safe. You're safe. You're okay. Because God is what? With you. He is with you. And so no matter what it is, no matter how dangerous it is, remember that God is with you. He is with you. In fact, Psalm 56.4, this is awesome. In God I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? So whatever God has asked you to do, you must not fear because what can flesh do to you? And well, the answer is nothing. The answer is nothing. And Paul said this to the believers in Rome. He said this, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present or things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what is Paul saying? There is nothing that can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's right. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Now, <laughs> fear sets in, and sometimes it's hard to remember that. But that's why we continue to, to hear it from God's word. We hear it from him, and we've got to believe him. We've got to believe. If we believe, you know, God will continue to show us and reveal himself to us. Now, I'm taking a class personally, okay? Uh, it's called apologetic evangelism. Okay, apologetic evangelism. Apologetic means what? To defend the faith, right? Uh, and my teacher uh, gave out this crazy stat. Are you guys ready for the stat? 
it's crazy. Like, I had to, like, rewind it. Like, what? Okay, the stat is, is just 2% of Christians share their faith. 2% of Christians share their faith. So that means that, as I'm doing the math, and I'm not a math major, 98% of Christians are afraid to share. Why? Well, some people are afraid because they're afraid of the questions going to be asked back to them. That they don't have the answers to give. But there's nothing wrong with saying, you know what? I don't know the answer. Can I get back with you? There's nothing wrong with that. To say, hey, I really don't know. Instead, I, I know in my personal life, I've, there's been times where I'm like, um, um, um. <laughs> I would suggest it'd be better just to say, hey, I need to look that up versus saying something that's not true. That's one of the reasons why people could be not sharing the faith is because they're afraid of the questions being asked back to them. Another reason Christians do not want to share is because they do not want to face embarrassment. Ever been there? Oh man, this is going to be really weird to go up to this person because, <laughs> man, look at this guy. I mean, he's like, he's like six foot six. He's buff. He's got tattoos and he's got piercings and not that anything's wrong with that. Okay. But that's a little intimidating. But you know what? If Jesus is putting on your heart to share the gospel with him, don't be embarrassed. You have the power of God. <laughs> Jesus said this though, which really kind of like opens my eyes whenever I feel uh, embarrassed for whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with holy angels. Let us have a heart like Paul, you guys, who said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Let us not be ashamed of the gospel. Another reason why Christians do not want to share is because they're antisocial. I don't want to go out. I'd rather sit in my hole, come to church, and then go home. But Paul tells believers, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. That verse doesn't go with that point. Let me read what that one does, though, with antisocial, right? Jesus said in Matthew 5, 16, Let your light shine before men. Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and, glor and glorify your Father in heaven. So the response to antisocial is, let your light shine, okay, you guys? Let your light shine. Now going to what P uh, Peter said, he said in... Uh, uh, the other one is, is that the Christians do not know how to share their faith. And I think that's a lot of us, right? We don't know how to share the gospel, you know? Uh, and so Peter then says, but sanctify the Lord, your God, or the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for hope that is in you with meekness and fear. That means what? Be ready to give a defense. Always be ready. Always, always, always be ready to give a defense for the gospel. Well, how do you always be ready to, to share the gospel? Well, that's learning the gospel, studying the gospel, letting God write his word on your heart so that you're always ready. And the word, uh, to, to, to get the defense word in that 1 Peter 3.15, when he says, always be ready to give a defense, that defense is a judicial term. See, lawyers, when they go into a courtroom, do they go in there unprepared? 
If they did, they're going to lose. They do their homework, correct? They do the, the study, the preparation, and, and they, they have it. Well, that's exactly how we should be doing it with the gospel. We should be studying it. We should be being prepared to take the defense of Christ and share it with others into this world. We should always be ready to give that defense in love, in grace, in telling them, not hitting them over the head with the Bible until they're unconscious and then dragging them into church. I wouldn't suggest that. But I would just say to continue to let God write his word on your heart and just ask him, Lord, I want to study. I want to be able to share the faith with others around me because that's how you've created me. Uh, you've created me to go therefore and make disciples, you know? And so God will help you. In fact, the Bible says that the, the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. And so I truly believe that he will help you learn the gospel. So what's the point? What's the point of all this? Well, God has called us to share the gospel. <laughs> That's the point. To do the work of the ministry. What is the work of the ministry? To share about Jesus. Hello? You guys excited about that? Because I am. I, I just, I'm excited to share about Jesus. You know, and, and, I, and I, I'm not out there telling every single person I'm running in contact to, but the key is to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit is saying to you, hey, I want you to share with this person, walk in the good works that God has prepared for you. Walk in those works. It's not earning your salvation, but it's giving glory to God. <laughs> and we ought not to be afraid. As Paul said this in Romans, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? We need to trust in God and walk in the works of God and sit back and wait to see what he's going to do. It's going to be awesome. It is awesome. Don't be afraid. As we've been learning on Sunday morning, right? Remember what the Lord communicated to Haggai? As Haggai was speaking to Zerubbabel and Joshua and to the people of Israel, he told them what? Be strong. Be strong. Continue the work of the Lord. Be strong. Keep going. Be strong. Continue the work that God has put before you. Because why? Here's the key. Because the Lord is with you. That is awesome. The Lord is with you. So that's the reason why you can walk in the good works that God has prepared for you because God is leading you in that path of works that God has prepared for you. It's God doing it, not you. But you can walk in those works that he has prepared for you individually. God has prepared something great for you. I just want to come down there and say, come on! <laughs> you know? Guys, and when you just open yourself and, and just let go... Again, I think of that guy in Phoenix at that food <laughs> distribution. You want to know what we did? He had an accent, right? He had an accent from back at East. And this is terrible. You want to know what we did? We got out of the way. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. All right, sweet. May I do the same thing. May you do the same thing, church. Get out of the way and let God lead you in the works that he has prepared for you. Pastor Eric will continue teaching through the book of Judges the next time you join us. As you've been listening today, perhaps some questions have come to mind. 
If so, we'd like to help. Just email your questions, comments, or prayer requests to info at gracetothehearers.com. That's info at gracetothehearers.com. We'll be sure to prayerfully respond because it's our desire to help you on your journey as you're seeking to walk with Jesus. You can also post your comments or questions to our Facebook page. Just search on Facebook for Grace to the Hearers Radio and join the conversation. If you can't find a church near you that's teaching through the Bible verse by verse, please let us know. We may be able to help you connect with a Bible study in your area and we'll certainly add you and your community to our prayer list as it's our desire to see God's Word being simply and systematically taught in every community. Again, you can contact us by email at info at gracetothehearers.com or give us a call at 520-723-7047. That's 520-720-7047. And please don't worry if you haven't been able to write this information down. All this information and more is available at our website, gracetothehearers.com. That's gracetothehearers.com. Log on to get to know us better. Join us next time as Pastor Eric continues to proclaim grace to the hearers from the book of Judges. That's next time on Grace to the Hearers.